Hey guys, welcome to the We Are Men podcast. I am your host, Carl Mason. And in this podcast, we sit down and talk with local heroes about life, mental health, and strategies for coping with the day-to-day issues that we all face as men. Our aim with this podcast is to create a space where men can open up and discuss their mental health without the fear of shame or exclusion. I know it can be hard to ask for help as a man, but no man needs to struggle alone. We hope to encourage all men to talk about what they're going through and seek help when they need it. A quick note, this podcast may feature some adult language and suicide may be discussed, which could be triggering for some listeners. These podcasts have been made possible by funding from Country SAPHN. Uh, So welcome to the We Are Men podcast. Today, we are here with Hayden Davey. Uh, he's joining us from the Port Lincoln area of South Australia, um, and we're going to be talking about a little bit about uh, his story and mental health. Um, Hayden, first off, I just want to say a big, big thank you for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate you sitting down and taking the time to share your story with us. Um, everyone in our team has their own experience uh, and their own journeys and their own struggles. Uh, we all believe that by people talking, sharing stories, uh, all it can do is good. Helping other people, encouraging other people to also open up and and share their story so that we all know we're not alone in our struggles. So thanks a lot for joining us today. Hayden, so um, we want to kind of hear, I want to kind of hear about your journey through life and, and the things you've had to struggle with. Um, and I guess we want to start with, uh, you know, even from childhood, what were some of the, the um, earliest things that uh, you had to struggle with as a young man? Yeah, it's, it's a, a thing that's interested in my mind of, of what happened, how the day went, and it um, clicks in. Sometimes it gets very emotional. Other times I'm a little bit better on it. Uh, there's a there's a group who talk about stolen generation in Port Lincoln, and um, I'm talking a little bit more about it, so it helps. It was a case of where um, my three sisters and myself and my older brother were taken. Um, went to a strange place and had no understanding to. Uh, understand what was going on um, and I believe that was the time where I first uh, become uh, first started suffering mentally of what was taking place in my life but I had no idea to understand yeah and um, without me other siblings uh, which happened very soon after, I got to that place. My brother left. He was taken to another place. But my sisters, they were separated from us the next morning. They went in the car one way and me and the brother went another way. And quite a few years since we, I guess, caught up with each other individually and things like that. And... Um, but I went around my life um, being me. Um, I guess when I look at it now, I was in a case where I was 
always on guard, I guess. Yep. Understandably. With with no um, no trust for anybody because yeah. no one had ever said what happened. So what, what year was this, Hayden, that the, this happened? No one ever said. I believe it was around about 50. I was born in 49. I, I believe it was around uh, 57, 1957. Um, yeah. Being that young, obviously you said, you know, you couldn't understand. At what age, yeah. did, you, what age did you kind of get an understanding of what had happened? Well, mine was a, a continual thing because it was in, after about three years in the home, I was um, fostered out and in that was a hell of a time. It was something that even took me to a different level of... Um, my ability to um, be with people because of um, abuse and and um, I guess alcoholism and things like that, and I didn't understand. So my defence was to run away. I got to live on the streets. And so that's is that how you kind of, as you got older, dealt with that by pulling away from people, isolating yourself? Eventually, I was picked up by the police and put back in the home. And another uh, couple of years went by and they tried me with another, um, another uh, foster care situation, which was pretty well similar to the first one. Mm -hmm. I, and having no faith, having no belief, and um, I don't know if I, had, I thought I had friends or not. <laughs> um, but I ended up ticking off from them too and was on the streets for a while and Meeting up with people, um, this way and that, couch sleeping or um, bushes and things like that. Through connections, I guess, through the Aboriginal people, uh, I found out where one of my sisters was living. She was an elder, well, older, about 20 or so on uh, this timeline. Um, ended up catching, catching a ride to where she lived up in Sojourner. And um, I went there and stayed with her probably about four years, I suppose. Um, but that there was a, a, another education, I guess, because then I started finding out who I was and who my family was. Uh, not all my family, but thing, but I also found out what it's like to be a stranger in your own country. Um, and, and, and why did you feel like that, a stranger in your own country? Well, 
people telling me who I were. And I said, I don't know, which is very offensive. And some of me um, uncles and that never spoke to me again. And um, uh, never going to happen because they've gone and passed on. Uh, they got very angry when I said, when they asked me, hey, I'm thing, I'm uncle. I said, I don't know you. How am I supposed to know you? Because I was a pretty angry kid, I guess, when we was going through them times. And um, some of my aunties accepted and they put up and they talked and were happy to see me. Um, happy for things to happen, I guess. And I guess things got um, settled to a point, but I was still never in a position to trust people because I still hadn't caught up with my dad, my mum, which um, happened a little bit later with my dad, but it was never a case where uh, in a true father-son relationship Um, because I'm this, this person out there and I never knew what a dad was. Yeah. And so um, did you reconnect with all of your siblings as well? I, eventually, we, we reconnected um, uh, two young ones, which I'd forgotten about, apparently when older kids were taken away, the aunties grabbed them and hit them. And come back into the life. Uh, ooh. I think when I was about 16, 15, 16, my younger brother and sister. Yeah. So yeah, it must have been terrible all that time not being able to be close to them. Do you, as you got older, do you, do you know why this happened? Why you were taken? Well, now uh, I, I've, uh, I tried to get my file from DCW, but they said it was lost in the fire. Um, the as siblings, we've never been able to sit around together and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and it won't happen now because two are no longer here. Um, I'm estranged from me sisters at the moment, working on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm 72 out of stroke and sometimes it's not always as good as it could be, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I um, guess... You know, at that time, your, your you know, people of your age and your situation, that was kind of common practice. So they, there may be a lot of men out there who have struggled the same kind of struggle and are dealing with the follow-on effect of that as well. Have you come across any of them? I come across... I think about three people, I think, over the years 
vote and it was just a general passing in the street. Um, uh, one guy I bumped into in Perth one time when I, I was on my runaround place, I was going through Perth and I bumped into him. And, um, yeah, so there hasn't been really anybody um, that was not family that, I, that I've had the chance to talk about it except for um, councillors and things that at odd times. Yeah. Um, I've, um, uh, the family's only ever been together at one time and that was when the father passed away his funeral. Um, then the two brothers have passed on and we're spread out all over the place. I'm in Darwin, Queensland and Adelaide and back in Port, Port Lincoln is my hometown. I've come back and I've, I've stayed here. Um, I guess basically because it is a place I have a connection with my family. Yeah. As you've gotten older, how, you know, this situation, how do you, how has it affected your life, uh, you know, as you developed into an adult and older and, you know, for similar um, other Aboriginal men who had gone through this, what, what did that mean for you later in life? Um. Well, I have, I have this, um, um, I, I guess I call it an issue, is it? I've um, never fully had the idea of understanding um, family or the closeness in family because I still feel myself today uh, pur purposely standing a distance from a lot of, lot of things. Although I do have made friends, I've been in a relationship for since '74 and got children. Um, I haven't spoken to them about my position, um, but I've tried to do the best I could. But I've never fully understood the role of mum and dad. I hear it from everybody else, and I see it on the um, TV and things like that and hear people talk about it but all the years that I went through just come in and oh, here's my you, know, you go to a friend's place and oh this is my mum and bingo there's a, a minute's second silence as I'm thinking well oh, wonder where my mum is poor dad that must be really really hard when um, I know if I, I haven't myself experienced you know, such trauma like that, um, but I've got, had my own journey with mental health. And for me, the, the hardest part for me was reaching out and speaking to someone. So what finally uh, instigated you in doing that? Um, I went through, when I come back, I, you know, I started working and... Um, I was in positions of um, working in education and I had a good relationship with counsellors. I used to talk to them a lot. And um, from there, there were times when I, I, I 
had to talk to the doctor and and seek assistance. Also, who else could I talk to because of the, the um, issues that I were having, the problems that I were having? And I did talk to psychologists over my years of um, through my employment. Um, uh, working in um, fields I was, was involved in Aboriginal welfare education and um, Aboriginal affairs for 35 years, I think it was. Yeah. I ended up with a psychologist. <laughs> what, what would you say, what's your experience been in once you started to kind of talk about with counsellors or psychologists, share what you've been going through? Did you find that it helped? I do in in certain things, but it's like I said, is that with this thing in um, it's like a file in my brain, and it it um, has so many entry points, and a, a word could be said, and or I could be watching something on TV, or something happens, and it opens up again the file, and uh, I think about it. Uh, sometimes it gets pretty, pretty hard. Other times I just put it away and now you'll get over it. And that's been a lot of my, my time is that I've got to learn to live with it. I've got to move on. Um, and a lot of that's been with um, reading books and I guess, you know, especially about uh, having it, you know, you can, um, I've got issues and things like that, these self-help books. Um, I still find myself today is that I still have that um, little bit of an element there is where I really look at people before I get too involved in things. Um, that uh, I exercise a lot. I do that. I played um, sport about 40 years and basically uh, today I get a bit of relief watching my grandkids play hockey. Yeah, that must <laughs> be have a laugh. It's a strange game. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing rugby union, rugby league, oh, rugby union, um, soccer and football. Yeah, not hockey. Over the years, not hockey, no. <laughs> a ball serious in a stick, walking around with sticks. <laughs> Dangerous. Dangerous stuff, especially if the mind cracks. Yeah. So, so you said, you know, you've, you've been doing better now and the things that are helping you are speaking to people and exercise and, and you know, being connected with family where you can. Um, what would you say to you know, other men out there who or other Aboriginal men out there who are struggling or have, have issues um, and aren't really sure where to turn, what would you say to them? Well, in my place, firstly, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what this thing was until I bumped into, well, through work, these um, people that I was working with uh, uh, suggested this and suggested that, and I talked to doctors and... I wish I would have knew it a long time ago. Um, I wish I could have uh, was given given that information 
and had the opportunity, which was not around in, in my early days, um, or it was looked at as, as totally you're a weirdo, a weirdo situation and you get pushed aside or things like that, yeah. uh, which just brings your guard up and you keep away from people. But if I, if I knew it today, I can honestly say it started the day that I was taken away. That's my my view of it, and um, I wished. Um, I, I guess I would say to people, me countrymen, me people, if you want to talk, have a talk. Don't feel shame. Don't feel shame because it might be a start of a new life. Amazing. Um, yeah. That, that's what my, my business would be today. And I do sit with, like I said, I'll go into a men's group in a minute. Uh, we play bowls, talk. Yeah, <laughs> talk. Talk. And you find that yeah. connection and talking with other men that's helpful? Oh, it is. Um, I'm not in the younger stage anymore. I sit on the other, sit on the, the other side of the tree with old fellas, jilbies we call ourselves. Jilbies is, is, is language for us country over this way, Bindara, and um, we have a laugh and point fingers, but we also have that understanding that if someone's got a problem, we'll, someone will have a talk to them or they're welcome into the fold. And yeah, you sit with us, brother. And talk if you want to, or you just sit and listen to us. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. And that's the key message behind what we're doing in this project is that just that simple act of talking, you know, it may not fix what's going on, but it just helps in in sharing your story or sharing that, you know, that pain with someone else. Um, either whether you know you can feel less alone if someone else is struggling as well. Um now that you, you, you know, you have an understanding of um, the issues you've, you've had to deal with and, you know, you're doing positive things in your life to try to benefit your life, do you feel that you have connections now or connected now? I'm more willing to connect. And I do. I talk to the counsellor at the health service and I do have, I've got a, a uh, group of friends from uh, teenage years that um, we meet sometimes once or twice a week and have a coffee and just have a bit of dig at this and a dig at that, I guess. But it's the, the friendship relationship of you've got someone to talk to. I will talk to, I do talk to uh, counsellors, like I said, I one at, here at PLAS, at Aboriginal Health Service. Um, it was about two months ago, I think, I had my last session with it. And then I read books, self-help books. I do the exercise. Exercise, my daughter's a registered nurse, so she keeps on top of everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That, yeah, I, I think um, I'd just like to reinforce um, that message you said before about 
you know, that if you knew earlier, you could have reached out earlier and, and understood it earlier uh, because it was the same for me. It's, you know, I find it's a journey in trying to work through these issues. So the earlier you can start doing it, the earlier you can feel that, you know, you're living the life that you want to live or, you know, even just a slightly a more enjoyable life. Um, so I really think, yeah, that's a that's an important point. And just the last thing I wanted to ask uh, Hayden is, do you think there are currently still that stigma around mental health for men that you had when you were younger? I think it's a lot harder for our youth today because it's a it's a crazy time for being young. There's so much happening out there that um, goes on. And if you get caught up in the wrong, the wrong uh, pathway, I guess, or one of it, there's so much that goes wrong for people. And um, they miss out, miss out on uh, what is happiness of a family life, uh, dying because of um, self-infliction or uh, getting involved in other areas which are uh, antisocial and things like that. But and and the structure, the, the the services that are available today only give so much. And if you if these young people choose not to get involved with it or get hurt with it, they won't go back there. Um, yeah, we have a lot of young people that are, that are having huge problems today. Um, we're going through lots of things because there's still a lot of uh, children being taken away from their parents these days. And the one of the services is uh, starting to encourage us elders to form a group to come together and talk about it and pass on advice and information to the services, which um, after three meetings, it, it, it's got a, a good uh, response with the elders uh, coming together. So that's a positive, and if you feel you can help, um, it's always a positive, always a benefit for your community. Well, I think that's amazing if you can, you know, use your own story, um, and obviously you know, had a lot of hard times and a lot of things you've had to struggle through but turning it into a positive for others I think is a very admirable way to um, you know to, to look at your life so I just want to say Hayden a massive massive thank you for sitting down and talking with us and sharing your story um, we really hope that by other men seeing and hearing these stories uh, they'll be more open to seeking help earlier when they need it uh, and where they need it. And um, I really appreciate you being open and honest and sharing your story with us to, to help us do that. So thank you. Oh, thank you too. Um, I feel better at a bit of yarn. <laughs> it's always good. <laughs> Is there anything oh, else yeah, you want uh, to share? Oh, uh, uh, I have good days. I have good days, and some days uh, uh, they just 
it's a, it's a normality, a normal situation of, uh, of handling where I am. And, um, but yeah, I, I do find uh, over these last couple of years, I'm talking more and more about, about my position. And I have another interview in a couple of weeks time with one of them service organizations want me to talk about. So I can leave a message to the young kids here. Yeah. Um, my family is my family group. And one of the other things that happened in that thing is that I missed out on um, my Aboriginality and just who I am, who I am. Uh, and I never found out in some of my uh, family groups towards in my sixties. Yeah. Because the way things were, the things were finding out who's who and who's that, and although people knew, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, it, it's, that's oh, just sad. It is because those you know, those connections are what you kind of you know, build yourself around as a young person, and to not have them, it must be really hard. Well, he's talking to a first cousin who's a brother. He knows who you are, but he's not telling you who he is. He expects you to know. Yeah, okay. And my, my learning days were when I was away, and I missed them. My cultural learning days were, were, were when I was away, and, and I missed them. I never got them like it. people who stayed at home. Yeah. All right, but, I really appreciate you having a yarn, uh, sharing your story. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure that people will watch this and will take some positives from it. So thank you very much. I hope so. Thank you. Have, have a good day. You too. Thank you for tuning in. A huge thank you to our guest. Make sure you head to wearemen.com.au for more information about the project and for a list of services that are available to men out there who want to learn how to be a man who talks. See you guys next week.